Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. It is Jacqueline here and today we're going to be talking about burnout, uh, recovery, relapsing and burnout and how those are all a cycle, a deep, deep cycle that people get into why it's related to bulimia, burnout, and relapse, and uh, some things to do if you find yourself in that cycle. I'm doing this because I'm actually doing a workshop in my Binge Breakers Recovery Program all about burnout, much more in depth than in this episode. But if you found this episode like, oh my God, I can relate to it so much. And this is helpful. And I need more information on that. You can find more um, about the course, which the workshop will be releasing in at bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course. But I'm really, really excited about the workshop because I know that so many people struggle with burnout. I just am coming out of a burnout my face myself, honestly, if I'm being completely open about it, like I was really struggling, which is part of the reason I'm struggling. I'm releasing this, but also I see a lot of clients go through it. I see a lot of clients oscillate between high phases in recovery to burnout phases. So I know it's a problem with bulimia and they're quite correlated burnout and bulimia relapses. They can sometimes go hand in hand. So I just, it's a topic I want to cover and offer to my members and clients and to you podcast listeners as well. So I hope you find this podcast episode helpful. And if you want more information about burnout and help and guidance with bulimia recovery in general, my Binge Breakers Recovery course is an amazing place. The workshop is going to be amazing. So excited to release it to my members. And you can find that at bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course. Otherwise, there's also a free thing going on. So if you have never even heard of me before, or you really love me, like the podcast that I put out and you would love more help, but budget's an issue, there's a free group coaching call tomorrow going on, July, uh, should be July 9th, Saturday uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it'll be a group coaching call dedicated to bulimia recovery, meaning you can just show up and get coaching. It is going to be live. I know that sounds a little scary to some of you, but even if you're having hesitant, just show up just to listen, just to be curious and check it out. I'll have a little lesson that I have planned about uh, bulimia recovery as well. And every time I've done one of these, people have loved it. It has helped them out so much. And it's just something I like to offer every once in a while. If you want to join that, you can just check out the description of the podcast below, and there should be a link to sign up for that. And all you got to do is show up. And if you get on the call, it's a webinar. So no one's going to know that you're on the call. Um, No one will be able to see you. So don't worry about that. You can just show up and be completely anonymous. Okay. Let's go on to the episode. Recovery, burnout, and relapse. (laughs) I see clients in particular who I work with one-on-one where they oscillate between periods of high energy, doing everything, feeling super great, taking on a million things and killing it with no behaviors whatsoever. They go into this phase of being recovered and just going a million miles per hour and there's no behaviors at all. And they're doing amazing. But the problem is sometimes this leads to them burning the candle at both ends um, without realizing it. 
after they've gone through this really high period of going zero zero to 100, after about two weeks or a few months, even they can keep it up. They suddenly crash and burn. That's when they usually come into a crushing relapse as well. Not only are they physically and mentally exhausted, but then they start using behaviors. And it's always seems so sudden, such a sudden switch. And they don't realize how it could be suddenly like that. And this, the worst part of this is it's not so much that they can't get out of it, but it makes them doubt their recovery period at all. They think are periods like that where I feel on top of the world, are they always going to lead and crash and burnout and relapses? Was that even real? Was I doing something wrong? Is this not sustainable? So it not only is crushing in the sense that they are fatigued and exhausted and and are relapsing and they're back in behaviors again, but then they really start to doubt their credibility and their knowledge of recovery and their high period. So it makes them even more leery of when they're doing well, because they're like, well, does it even matter? Because last time I felt like this, last time I felt so good, I couldn't trust it, which I think if you don't have trust in yourself, it's it's a horrible place to be at. When you don't trust yourself, it's like, what, what can I do? You don't want to feel good about anything because you don't know when it's all going to be taken away. So here are the possible reasons why that happened. I know it sounds really obvious. Like people think, oh, they just took on too much. But here are some reasons. One, just natural energy cycles. So if you are a menstruating person, you go through a different phase of energy throughout the month than someone who doesn't menstruate. And that's just like one thing. Obviously, all of us have different cycles that we go through and they vary person to person, whether you menstruate or not. But people who menstruate in particular are going to have different energy cycles um, throughout the month. And they'll usually have a cycle where they are a lot more energetic. They are prone to take on more things, do a lot more, say yes to more things, more social, more energetic, um, all that sort of stuff. And then later on in that cycle, they tend to be um, a little bit lower, sometimes drastically lower energy, but at least a little bit lower energy, feel more of a need to isolate, more of a uh, need to just kind of chill and maybe to be worse in mood and not as, not have as much energy to do all the things that they took on beforehand. So um, that's just a natural thing that happens. And what I see sometimes that bothers people, what leads people to relapse sometimes is because they don't account for these times where they are going to be lower energy, where they need more rest, literally, physically, they need more rest and they can't take on more. They just keep trying to push through and grit through. And this can really lead them into a burnout and resorting to behaviors in order to keep going. So they're like, I got to keep on going. I don't know what to do. Binging and purging or restriction or anything that makes them kind of distract from what's going on and offers them at least some relief because binging behaviors and, and eating disorder behaviors in general, even though they're not good, they can provide you some stress relief in the moment. That's what people kind of resort to in those times, which is unfortunate. So that can be one of the reasons, just natural energy cycles are different. And then neurodiversity is another one. So I am still, I'm doing a lot more research on neurodiversity, um, ADHD, how our brains think differently. Um, we are not all born with atypical minds as much as we'd like to, as long as, as much as we live in a society where we're told like atypical is the way to go. That's not the case for most people. And some people can work fine eight hours straight, 
five days a week and not have any deviations in their their mind's dips and lows and energy and things like that. They just are fine. But some people have really, really high periods where they can be brilliant and they're hyper fixated and focused on things that they need to be focused on. And then sometimes they their brain is just mush, right? And they can't focus and it's hard. And part of this may be because they need certain medications, right? To help them stay on track, or they just need to account for the fact that their mind isn't like a clock and it has variations. Whatever the reason is, like a lot of people don't account for it and they resist it and they don't know what's going on. And so they sometimes either burn themselves into the ground, which leads to behaviors, or they start resorting to behaviors to keep themselves going, to keep pushing through those periods where their maybe brain isn't behaving the way they want it to and coping with those differences they may have may have to someone who's atypical. Um, and then the other thing, which both these things account for as well, but general stress accumulation leads to burnout, right? And actually, if you have a, a neurodiverse mind, right, and an atypical society, if you have different energy flows than certain people, than in, in a society where everyone is told they should have the same sort of energy as everyone else, if you have underlying like chronic diseases or something like that, maybe some sort of traumatic event happen, or it could just be in a recovery period where you have had, you have normal daily stresses that you were actually dealing with through bulimia before, and now you're suddenly not dealing with it. It's not like much changed. Sometimes you don't have to take on a whole bunch more in once you're recovered to get into burnout because you're not necessarily handling the stress and all these differences in our lives. If you're constantly dealing with the stressor, meaning if you're constantly dealing with what's creating the stress, like say you have a paper or a job that's due, they could say you always have work due for your job that you have to work on and you need that to pay your bills and live. So you're constantly getting stuff done for work, but you're not dealing with the physical manifestation with stress in your body, which is different than dealing with the stress, like the, the assignment you have to do at work then that stress accumulation is going to build. And that's what leads a lot of people into resorting to eating disorder behaviors because it's the only way and the best way they know how to deal with that physical stress. And the unfortunate part about bulimia in particular, if you struggle with binging and purging, but restriction can also provide this benefit sometimes for people and other behaviors is that binging is actually an effective way of dealing with stress. It's not the best way to deal with stress, but it does have its benefits when it comes to numbing emotions, giving you that chemical release and reward, making you calm down, making your nervous, your system just peace, right? That's why a lot of people binge is it's not just this, I want more food. Part of it is, but it becomes this vicious cycle a lot of times because there's that emotional numbing element that it's so, so good at. So binging behaviors and purging behaviors, a lot of those things become stress relieving mechanisms. And that's how people learn to deal with their stress instead of more effective ways. It's an effective way, but it comes with a lot of cost to it, right? So it's not necessarily an effective thing. Anyway, so the problem that leads people into these burnout relapses phases isn't necessarily that they were doing anything wrong. They were doing a lot of things that were actually leading to recovery, but they weren't necessarily handling their stress appropriately. Sometimes they are taking on too much and then they need to learn long-term how to make it more sustainable. But a lot of times people just, they, they, feel so good when they stop binging and they feel they have got this high energy going on for whatever reason, right? And then they run with it and they forget that 
stress will accumulate. Even if you don't feel it now, it accumulates later on, which is sudden, sometimes when it can suddenly feel like all of a sudden you were, you've hit a wall, right? And you're like, where did this come from? Actually, it had been building, but <laughs> because you were so busy, you were doing so much, you didn't notice it. So it was like blaring, blaringly loud. It's like people who learn um, hunger signals again. They're so used to ignoring their hunger signals and intuitive eating that at first they think like, I don't have hunger and satiety signals. Like, they're just non-existent, Jacqueline. And I'm like, just listen, just try to look out for them. Here's what they might feel like. Just keep an eye out. And as they start keeping an eye out, they start to notice subtle hungers, uh, hunger signals that they weren't even looking for before. So in burnout, it's kind of the same way. They're not looking out for the warning signs of fatigue. They keep on pushing um, and they aren't dealing with stress properly. And then lo and behold, suddenly they find themselves locked away, binging and purging all day long and wondering what the hell happened? Why am I doing this? It's because they really didn't like the things that accumulated over time. And the worst part about when you struggle with burnout and bulimia, which is what I was discussing before, is bulimia not only can serve as a stress reliever, so it's technically the solution to burnout, but it also serves as a stress provider. So bulimia is a stress reliever and a stressor. It creates stress, but it relieves stress. And it's just ongoing vicious, vicious cycle. I would argue that it really doesn't relieve your stress because it is leaving you with more stress, but it technically does both. Like any other addiction, it gives you this high reward. It makes you feel better instantaneously, but then it leaves you with, you're in a deeper hole than when you started with, even though it was the quick solution out, it's kind of like short-term high interest loans, right? They, they sometimes get you out of a pinch, but they're not a smart financial investment because they are going to bury you in interest. So bulimia is kind of the same way. So what do you do if you find yourself in it? Now, my burnout workshop is going to have like more in-depth uh, in-depth directions when it comes to this, but I'm going to give you kind of the brief overview in case you either don't have the budget to join the workshop or you just don't know for sure. I want to give you at least like a little bit to go off here because I'm not just going to explain all this and be like, yeah, that's me. And then <laughs> give you nothing, right? What to do if you're in it? Here are the don'ts list. The main don'ts list of if you are in burnout and relapse, do not do these things. First thing is don't shame and blame yourself. Don't beat yourself up over it. Don't kind of roll in the river of misery of why me? Why am I here? I'm so stupid. It's all my fault. Even if the burnout was led by you. Like, let's say sometimes people's burnout is from these new stressors, like say their, their father got cancer or something. They suddenly have to take care of them. It really wasn't their fault. Um, but let's say it was kind of your own doing, like you just started taking out a bunch of stuff. It wasn't like you thought, you know, oh, in three or four weeks, I'm going to be crashing hard and ordering donuts all day. No, you didn't intend for this to happen. You really did think you did the best of what you could at the time. You thought it was a good idea. It's not like you intended for this to happen. And even if the burnout was created by your behaviors, that doesn't mean they aren't changeable. Behaviors aren't necessarily you. They're just these behaviors and actions that you're doing. They're not inherently you. You don't inherently suck. Burnout is not something you should shame yourself for. Relapses are not something you should shame yourself for. And when you spend time shaming yourself, blaming yourself, you don't look at the real problem. You don't look at what caused the burnout? Um, what things could I change about the burnout? What actions do I need to revisit? How can I deal with the stress and accumulation that's going on instead of binging and purging? So stop shaming yourself. It happens to the best of us. It's okay. Second is don't just try to push through. Um, 
I fall into that trap a lot. And that's what sometimes leads me into burnout is I'm like, I just got to keep on going. I just got to, it's got to have grit, right? And grit and grinding is important. It's an important skill to have. I'm not saying that there aren't times in life where you don't just have to push through. Sometimes you do in an emergency or like you've got a lot of stuff. Sometimes you just have to do it, right? But it shouldn't be a daily thing you have to do. It shouldn't be a regular thing you have to rely on. It's again, like constantly having, it's like, caffeine, right? If you have a bad night of sleep and things like that, yeah, you're going to drink a little bit more caffeine and you're going to burn the the midnight oil a little bit, but eventually you need to get some rest and sleep because that's going to accumulate. You can, you can run hard for a little while. You can sprint really fast for a little while, but then all of a sudden you're going to start to get tired. Your fuel, your stores, the tank that you have, the mental energy you have, the physical energy you have is unfortunately limited and grit and grinding is a really great thing that we all have the ability to do, but you don't want to do it all the time. You don't want to be pushing through all the time. And that's what exacerbates uh, burnout. It's what's going to push you harder into relapse. And it's oftentimes what people resort to. They're like, I just got to push through. So to push through, let's just binge today. Let's just use behaviors today. I don't have the energy to deal with recovery and to eat properly and not binge. I don't have the, I don't have the energy to deal with um, the pause method to stop binging. Therefore, let's just use our grit to grind through and push through and use behaviors to cope. So you see how like pushing through, it's useful sometimes, but you don't want to fall into the trap of using it all the time because then you fall into the trap of constantly resorting to things that are not only, again, quick relief, but creating the stress in itself and dry, kind of digging the hole deeper into burnout and relapse. You also don't want to deny reality. So don't just pretend like, oh, this is normal. It's normal to feel, and if you guys follow me on Instagram, I posted a reel about signs of burnout. It's, but um, the top signs of burnout are um, exhaustion all the time, you know, and uh, maybe like you're fidgeting constantly with things and your brain isn't functioning on normal tasks anymore. You just have trouble thinking clearly uh, and you kind of have emotional outbursts, like your tolerance for things that would normally just annoy you a little bit are very low. And then maybe you find yourself isolating or hiding or avoiding social contact or just avoiding the world altogether. Or you find that you really feel very apathetic. You feel like you have no motivation whatsoever. And things that used to feel great to you feel like nothing to you. All of that is not normal. Could be burnout, could be something else. Could be depression, right? Could be, and burnout kind of goes hand in hand with depression, but it could be a lot of things, whatever it is. Don't just pretend like, oh, this is normal. People struggle with this all the time. I should just get through it. I should just suck it up. No, something's going on. Something's not okay. Even if it only takes you a few days to recover from it, like let's say that's that's the case, it's still something you need to take seriously. And if you don't, that's the problem people don't realize is that stress is really dangerous. Um, stress is actually good for your body in some ways. It's a challenge that your body needs, right? But chronic stress, being stuck in stress, never getting out of the cycle, never dealing with the stress appropriately, that's not good. You need to finish the cycle of stress. You can't just stay in stress. That's going to lead to suppressed immune system, suppressed uh, functioning of a lot of different tasks in your body. Uh, Your body's not going to handle very well. The stress will kill you faster than a lot of things. So it is actually very serious. It's not just, oh, a mental thing. It's a whole body sort of thing. And you need to stop denying that it's normal or that you should just get through it or that everyone else is dealing with it. So, you know, why should you complain? No, people are dealing with it 
but they maybe are dealing with it by doing something or they're dealing with it in the wrong way. The other thing you shouldn't do is you shouldn't isolate. Do not never tell anyone about this. Don't isolate yourself. Don't feel like I once, you know, I'll get out on this on my own. We need connection and we need support. You need to reach out to someone. You need to tell someone. Okay. Now that's the kind of don't list. If you're doing those things, it's okay. Just like know that they're not helpful and accept that reality. Here's what you should do. You should, like I just said, accept the reality of the situation. And with that, go through whatever emotional processing you need to do to get through it. It's okay to feel frustrated. It's okay to feel annoyed. It's okay to feel whatever. Like if you need to be mad for a while that you're in that state, that it's not fair, feel the feelings, right? Accept the reality that, yeah, we're here. We can't deny it any longer. We are burnt out. We're relapsing that sort of stuff. You need to write it down. Sometimes telling people can help you actually make it more real. That's why I said, don't isolate, go and tell someone, at least write it down, do something to make it official, and then go through the emotional process you need to go through to feel that. Um, I had a client one time that was like, I just, I needed to go through the anger. She was like afraid to let her feel self feel angry about it because she was so frustrated by it, but she didn't want to be stuck there. But once she finally just let herself be angry about it, it was able to pass and she was able to get out of it much faster. And then you need to recognize the usefulness of the behaviors you have been doing. And this sounds very counterintuitive, right? Like what you're praising bulimia recovery, bulimia behaviors. I think that it's helpful to acknowledge that, like I said earlier in this episode, The behaviors you're using, you're not using because they're torturous. You're using them partly because they do have a reward. They do have effectiveness. They do have some sort of benefit and just acknowledge it. Like acknowledge, like it makes sense. How smart of you, like Russell Brand said in his addiction book, someone told him like, how smart of you to find heroin to deal with pain. And it releases a lot of shame realizing that there was a point where I did this. I had a client that struggled with um, heroin addiction. And she said, I'm pretty sure heroin saved my life. It was awful. And I'm so glad I recovered, but I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have that drug in my life at that time when she was going through extreme trauma and abuse. So while heroin and other drugs and behaviors and eating disorders are not useful things long-term, they do have their effectiveness. I told a client the other day, he was going through a relapse she felt such shame. And I was like, you know what? You're just eating food and compensating and watching TV all day. You're not murdering puppies. You're not doing anything bad. There's no ethical issue with binging. It is just a coping behavior. It's just, and you're also like, we're not sleeping enough, not giving yourself enough food. This is a normal response. It's not the most effective response, but it is doing something for you. Stop beating yourself up over it. If you want to binge, you can binge, but just accept the reality that that's why you're doing it. And you could just sense a shift in her. It helped her so much not to blame herself anymore. Just to realize like, right, I'm not a horrible human being for these things. It makes sense why you're doing it. And then the next thing you need to do is address the actual stress, right? Not the stressor, not what's causing your stress, but the stress in your body. Find stress coping mechanisms outside of binging or bulimia behaviors that actually work 
for you. Um, exercise is a great one. I know everyone says that and people roll their eyes, but exercise is one of the most effective ways to actually get your stress release and uh, completing that cycle on. There are other ways. I talk about this more in depth in my burnout workshop, but there are other ways to do it. There's plenty of things online of effective stress releasing mechanisms. The top ones are exercise, um, connecting with others, laughter, physical touch, and um, sometimes doing something creative, right? Something uh, that's fun and enjoyable for your soul. And sometimes just lying in bed and tensing and breathing your body can be actually very helpful too. So those are the kind of the top ones, but just look up stress mechanisms, right? Stress releasing mechanisms. You're going to find a plethora of information. And then get support. That's the other thing I want to say is go get support, whether it's from a friend, whether it's from a professional, whether it's a treatment center, whatever you think you need, whatever level of support you think you need, go seek it right now. Um, or after you've done all these processes, you can't do this alone. Humans are not meant to be alone or a tribal species for a reason. It's actually very helpful for us to have other people in our lives. It's I know that everyone focuses on, you have to be fully independent on your own, but actually we're it's great that we work together. If we were in total isolation all the time, we wouldn't make the amazing advancements that we've made in society. We are meant to help each other. And it's part of a healthy, fulfilling life to have connection. And generally people tend to be healthier and happier when they have genuine connections. So if you've isolated yourself horribly, start reaching out to old connections again, or start going out to places, just go to a coffee shop and say hi and hello to the barista and get your coffee and drink it in the shop, like whatever you need to feel connection. I've been there. I was like that in college, right? The barista was my friend because I was so isolated. Sometimes I really didn't have anyone else. That's okay. Just go somewhere with people. If you've been isolating for a long time. And then the last thing I'll say is remember that this is a process. You're not going to fix burnout overnight. Sometimes a good sleep will do you wonders, but remember that burnout relapses it's an ongoing process and sometimes you have to go back into it and figure out something you didn't figure out before and not get so mad at yourself and not expect this immediate um, quick fix, right? It's going to be this ongoing process that takes tweaking. And sometimes the way you deal with stressors will actually sometimes create more problems. You have to figure that out. You have to put different sustainable systems into place in the future that and find out, well, what was I working before? What led to the burnout? And then what can I do differently this time? That's going to look different from everyone, but that's some general overview advice. Okay. It's a long episode, I feel like, but hopefully you guys found this episode useful. If you found it relatable, then definitely try to put some of these things into place. Stop blaming yourself so much and start getting onto how can I deal with the burnout itself. And if you want more advice on this, if you found this really helpful, the workshop I'm releasing is going to be amazing. And it's going to go into a lot of these things much, much more in depth. We're talking about the science behind burnout and relapses, typical causes of relapses, typical causes of burnout, what not to do in very, very detailed fashion and form, the typical things I see people do, the mindsets that keep them stuck. And then most importantly, effective ways to deal with stress and stress accumulation, how to set up different systems so that this doesn't happen again, and how to keep this ongoing, um, how to keep yourself out of burnout in the future, and to recognize when you're in it again and get out earlier rather than um, staying in it too long. So I hope you found this episode super helpful. Um, for those that you guys are, are in burnout, my heart goes out to you. Never give up on yourself, my friend. Bye.